We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Now, what, what was in their minds creating that line? I mean, you could do that in soccer, I guess. You look through winning GPP lineups or you go, what, what was in their mind? Sometimes in their mind is button matching. Sometimes you <laughs> see, I mean... There are plenty of times you had had a substitute. I mean, this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit RotoWire.com/soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird and Jordan Cooper. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, senior soccer editor of RotoWire. Joined by Jordan Cooper on, we're a day late on Tuesday. That's my fault. But uh, Jordan, how's it going? Good. I actually had a, a decent FA Cup slate over on Saturday, fading one of my favorite players. Who's that? Uh, the genderless wonder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I did it for a reason. It, it seemed it seemed odd at the time, but I tried to view things as uh, objectively as possible, where it was a four-game slate and... Uh, Man City were heavy favorites at home against Burnley, and they put out their best 11. Sure did. Uh, it was a three and a half total and a minus 800 favorite. And, uh, like, yeah, you you figure you're going to take at least one. But you take a look at the forward spot and go, who else? Who has a floor? And you go, well, William, you know, Chelsea's playing 
Norwich championship side in the late game. But I, I, I looked at the at the spreads and everything, and like West Brom away to Exeter, who's a League Two side, like both of those games had two and a half totals, and both those games, the away side were minus 240 favorites. Mm-hmm. So if you take away, like it's Chelsea and it's West Brom, it would be even. So it's like, well, Willian is 10K. He's the set piece taker for Team A. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Brunt is 7,500, and he's a set-piece taker of Team B. Like, the 2,500 difference, like, why wouldn't, you know, in the same spot, if you just go by betting lines, right. like, why am I treating 7,500 for Brunt and for the EP, for an EPL slate seems, exor- you know, that's expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the, you know, the texture of this slate, to me, was a deal. So it's like how because once you put in Willian and then Aguero or something like that, it's like where where do you go? You can't you can't afford Brunt, you can't afford Ward Prowse. Mm-hmm. You have to go all the way down. You have to go and play a bunch of forty five hundred guys, which there were some that you could play. But I'm like, why why aren't I just not sticking two Man City forwards in the forward spot and playing Brunt in a midfield spot, and then then getting everywhere else? So I mean that's kind of what I did. And even though Willian was playing without Sesk. In a spot where you know he has higher upside, yes, yeah, he's he more likely to score a free kick goal, get an assist, that type of thing, more so than Brunt. But for the construction that it was, even in cash, I'm like, who else on Chelsea do you play besides him? No one. So if I'm not playing him, it's like, oh, well, give me the Norwich keeper and give me two Man City players. I managed to pick the right ones, Sane and Aguero, because mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't going to deal with the David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, overpriced set piece takers that they short corner at half the time. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I didn't care about the floors. I'm just like, let me find the goals in this man city game. Let me get 10 points out of brunt and, and didn't try to get five points out of every other spot. And hopefully gun puts up four points, giving up two goals right. to someone, you know, and then Dave, hey, you want to beat me with batch or something. Go ahead. Yeah. Feel free. I have no problem with that. No, nobody uh, wins with Batshuayi now. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's, if, you, if you're if you going to beat me that way, I, I'll, I'll take my loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good good, to you, sir. Uh, <laughs> but but, but it, it's, the price on William was just, it was, yes, it, it, if you played him, fine. And, and it, it, it's okay. And But you still have to pick the right Man City forwards. Right. I mean, because you could go Sterling Sane, you could go, you could go KDB. Ster- I mean, you could go like four or five different ways. But I thought any of those ways, plus Brunt or James Ward-Prowse. But the Fulham Southampton game was like I'm pick them. Fulham's actually a good team. I mean, they're they're a promotion candidate from the championship. Yep. So I mean, Fulham's playing at home, and Southampton as a Premier League side was like a plus one thirty favorite. And 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 actually the total was higher than the other other two games. Yeah, almost the three total. So it's like, but I don't know who do you pick on either of those sides? Like even on Fulham, like you look and you go anyone. I mean, it could be Norwood, it could be Johansson, it could be. I mean, so many of these Fulham players. Sessignon could. I mean, he was overpriced, but he could be on set pieces. I mean, who knows? I just took Fredericks. I said, ah, give me Fred, and he gave me like eleven points. That was no big. I mean, James Ward-Prowse scored. That didn't help when no. not playing him, uh, but I mean, I got all the, I got all the Man City goals at Asana and Aguero, so I was fine. Right, there are usually more Man City goals than there are Southampton goals to worry about. 
Right. So. And then you have to always worry about with James Ward-Prowse coming off at halftime. No yeah. Matter. Right. right. Uh, all right. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, we had some pretty good feedback from the last podcast talking about analyzing results and whatnot. And um, it seems some of the feedback is, oh, crap, I'm not uh, winning as much as I thought I was, which... I guess that's good. I mean, it's better than, oh, crap, I thought I was a winning player, but I'm actually a losing player. That's true. That's true. There, there may be some of that. I don't, I'm not sure people were willing to admit that. Um, but at least we're starting to get some idea of how some of the other players are doing. Um, have you found, I mean, what sort of feedback have you gotten separately from that? No, pretty much that. Pretty, but at the fact that someone's talking about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, not t- talking about it from like, is this a problem? Is the rake too high? You know, like an industry type of thing, but just like, I mean, I listen to plenty of other daily fantasy podcasts and like, I no no one does podcasts on analyzing results for an hour. Yeah. Like in, in any capacity. I mean, just in, in whatever. I mean, like, I think that the positive feedback I've gotten is, you know, more of a, a appreciation of like at least someone no matter what it is, if it's good, bad, otherwise, is willing to say, here here are my actual results for the past year. Here are the actual numbers. And do what it do whatever you want with it or, or not. Or I mean, I'm just I went through my thought process of analyzing, going, you know, well now what do I do? Because if there's no action behind it, like then like what is the point? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean you're either gonna get a ten ninety nine or you're not. <laughs> anyway, so, but looking through and going, you know, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not doing well enough in double ups, in the higher end to, that it wouldn't have been better off playing head to heads. Right. So maybe try that. You know that, that there's an action to take there. You look at, you know, GPP sizing and go, you know, I'm playing much better in. I'm wasting too much money. I'm not saying that this is the case, but I'm wasting too much money in small in. Uh, small stakes, big field contests versus doing well in single entry, higher stakes. Yep. I, I mean, looking through that and seeing what's statistically viable, no matter what the numbers say, like if you don't have a big enough sample size, if the, if the disparity between your numbers isn't big enough, then it, it's inconclusive. So to say that, you know, at if you have a, I, I have a 12% ROI here and a 14% ROI there. It's like the 2% difference isn't big enough for you to like overhaul your entire contest selection right. process. Right. But I mean, the difference between 2% ROI and 14% ROI on a, you know, 10,000 contest sample size is, you know, that, that's significant enough. I would hope so. <laughs> right. So, I mean, so being able to look through and see, is there, is there anything actionable that I could do? Uh, from from looking at this, and obviously, like like we said the the last time, just the fact that you're looking at it, you're 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 in the fraction of a percent of people that even bother doing right. it. Right. So you find <clears throat> looking at results that it's more contest selection. That that's the first place you go of analyzing. Yeah. What, what else? What, what else would it be? Well, whether you're not playing as well, whether you're choosing wrong players, whether your method of choosing players should be. Well, altered. you'd see that across the board, though. Like you, you understand, like if that's true, if you're negative ROI all over the place, then it's like, no, you're, you're, you're playing, but there's no contest selection will help you unless you manage to find contests where people are even worse than you. Right. Right. 
if you're showing yourself with a minus 20% ROI, like everywhere, it's like, well, if, you, if you're coming ninth out of 11th in double ups, like week after week after week, it's like, you have to find a way to avoid the eight people above you. <laughs> Are you going to be able to? No. So, I mean, you have to be able to find that, you know, two people behind you, you have to find eight more of those people. Mm-hmm. That may not be possible. So, yeah, you're not playing well enough. Hmm. Okay. I would, I would hope, I would hope that you're assessing your, I mean, you could assess your play separate from the results. Right. You don't need I results. Think, I think that, good sure. players, right, right. I, but that, there's so many times, even in the slack where it's like, you know, I get bailed out by a luck box goal. I played badly and got there. And in my results, it looks like you did well that week. And right. I'm like, I got lucky to do well that week. And there are plenty of other times where I come in sixth in an 11 man double up. And I go, I look and I go, everyone kind of played that. It came down to choosing between $4,200 defenders and one of the $4,200 defenders scored a goal and the other ones didn't. And three guys had that guy and you and two other guys. I mean, like everyone had one of the three, but the three people that had that guy, they got bumped up and now you went under the cash line. And you look at that and you go, I didn't play badly. I lost, but I didn't play badly. Right. Based in that situation. And there are other times where it's like, ah, I came in first playing badly. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do that every week. Hmm. There are plenty of times that you, you pick, you, you go down at defense, you pay up at forward, and you see everyone else played balanced, and you go, uh-oh. <laughs> and it, so, it turns out that you, when you paid up at forward, you got the hat trick, and you got to the cheap uh, Simon Francis goal or something like that. When you thought he was a fullback, but he really was playing as a center back <laughs> and everyone knew he was playing as a center, like the Nathan Ake crap. Yep. Like, you know, like Nathan, I know he scored, but you played badly. If you would have, if, if you would have gotten a letter in the mail, if uh, some, someone that came with uh, from, from the uh, court court guy came and said, Nathan Ake, we have a signed certificate. Uh, saying that he's going to be a center back today. Would you have played him? <laughs> no. So you played him based on some type of opta feed that got it wrong, and you played him anyway, and he scored as a center back. Like, you played badly and got there. Mm-hmm. You have to realize that. And now, now, if you're like, well, I, I knew he was a center back, and I played, and, but I had to punt all the way down there. I mean, you okay, yeah, a little bit more of a reason, but if, I mean, you play a guy thinking he's a fullback and he's not, right? Or let's say, hey, let's you play a guy that you thought was in and he wasn't and he comes in in the 75th minute and scores a goal. Mm-hmm. Like, you played badly. It doesn't matter what your results are. <laughs> you played bad. You have, to, you have to admit that to yourself at least. Right. I'm not, I'm not, it's not past me to say that there have been plenty of times I've played badly and gotten there. And I look at that and I go, okay, I luck box the crap out of that one. Uh, hopefully I don't, I don't, I don't play badly again. But if you just look at your results uh, on a, on a, like a yearly basis or whatever, on a week to week basis and you go, oh, okay, you could get lucky three weeks in a row doing that, but it's not going to last over the course of a year. You're going to be, ah, oh, why am I minus 8% on my double ups? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because maybe you're playing, you're playing fake fullbacks. You're playing Chancellor and Bemba every slate. <laughs> Leaving Jeff Cameron out of this conversation, huh? Yeah, see, that was see, that was a mistake. I played him as a as a fullback mm-hmm. and he still didn't do well. Mm-hmm. But I at least knew he was a fullback. Right. But that still wasn't the right play. That 
that what that wasn't the right play anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I could have picked someone better. I mean, like I I went that way. I screwed up the defenders, and that's why I lost. But that's objectively assessing how you're playing from from slate to slate. Mm-hmm. It's something that a lot of people, a lot a lot of public personalities in the DFS space don't do publicly. Right? They tout fucking they tout the eight people. One guy goes off, and it's like, look at me. And then you look at some of the other plays and go, how did you play three of those guys? Mm-hmm. That's absurd. Yeah. Absurd takes. <laughs> Jacob Murphy, right? right? Those type of things. Right. Elias Kachunga. That one worked. Um, I'm not beating him, but just play bad, get there, spot. Right. I said he was a GP. I mean, that's like, like I got to, you could always take a shot at that. I mean. But I'm not coming in going, you know, here's, here's the guaranteed goal mm-hmm. type of crap. Not yet, at least. We're getting there. No, I'm not. That, you'll never get me to just <laughs> uh, uh, not do it not, not ironically. Fair enough. Fair enough. Did you, uh, do, you ever, do you study other people's lineups? Like, not necessarily oh. people you play, but specific players? Yeah. Everyone's lineup. Once the slate locks, I go and let's say, who'd... Who did he play? Who did he play? Who did he? I mean, there's not that many people that play soccer that mm-hmm. are regulars. That I mean, I'll go, you know, go look, go look at Old T, go look at Saramac, you know, go look at, go look at Pew Pew Pew, you know, how did he play? What did he do? What did I do? They're looking at me. What did I do? I mm-hmm. mean, like it's, it's, why not? I mean, they're there, and they, even even in other sports, the next day. Most of the time, uh, Roto Grinders has uh, results DB. Mm-hmm. Sometimes their imports are horrible and they miss stuff. I mean, because they, they pull from like all the contests and all the big GPPs or whatever. I'll go through and I'll, I'll look at the multi entry. I'll look at people. What did people play yesterday? You know, I look at my exposures and I look at their exposures, I, even if they did poorly, poorly, badly, just well known players and stuff like that, or even like the, the, the guy that won, you know, if it's a decently, you know, decently ranked guy and like, you know, how many lineups did he play? What did he, you know, how did he get, you know, he stacked this game and I'm like, I didn't consider stacking that game. Was that like his main, was that his main strategy or he just happened to have one of 80 lineups that was a stack of that game? Right. Like that type, like what was the, that the strategy or that was the outlier lineup? And it turns out he had 60% ownership of a guy that dudded and he managed to get lucky by, you know, yes, he was playing multiple players from that game, but all over the place and not just in one lineup. Or was he playing basically six out of eight of his spots as a game stack and then rotating the two other guys? Right. Now, does that tell me like, oh, next slate, that means I gave that. No, it doesn't. T- it really doesn't tell you anything actionable. Other than what was going through the mind of that person, that slate. Well, yeah, we always say every slate's so different that it's... Right, yeah. right. So there's nothing actual I could do, but it's like, what, what was going through that person's mind? What was going through that person's mind? It was there, you go through, you know, eight, nine, ten players, and you see that seven out of ten thought in similar-ish fashions, maybe slightly different players. But they all, like, seven, eight out of the ten go, they faded X. And it's like, oh, I played it. T- I just overexposed myself on X. It's like, well, maybe I need to reconsider. Maybe, maybe that, maybe my mis- quote mistake was that. 
compared to better GPP players or more successful ones or whatever. Doesn't mean the next slate you do that. I mean, it, it, right. it really, there's nothing actionable other than thinking of, you know, what what was in their minds creating that line. I mean, you could do that in soccer, I guess. You look through winning GPP lineups or you go, what what was in their mind? Sometimes in their mind is button mashing. Sometimes <laughs> you see, I mean, there are plenty of times, you know, he had a substitute. I mean, it's not typically not a regular player doing that. I mean, it's just an outlier. Someone button mashed and hit a center back and there you go. But, uh, but in, 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 you see that in other sports as well. He's, I mean, even in football, I mean, <laughs> football over the weekend, uh, there was so, someone on Twitter was making fun of people, not of me, because it was, it was not like, they're not going to call me out of, uh, uh, Demarcus Robinson scoring a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then, Someone tweeted like, "Oh, look at that! Oh, look at it! That someone's going to win two hundred and fifty thousand dollars because a point four five percent owned guy. They you look because in week seventeen he had ten targets, but that's because like everyone was out. Like they played him because they thought he would get a lot of targets. It's like, like no, no, I, I played, I played him in like thirty three percent of my lineups. Like I was on, in the Slack chat." In the, in the football one, I was like, I was embarrassed to say this beforehand. <laughs> Touchdown. Like, I got him in 33% of my lineups. And it's not because of the 10 targets. It's because it's a four-game slate, and everyone's going to be overweight on the Chiefs. And if I'm going to get any leverage by fading Tyreek Hill, I still think the Chiefs are going to win. Just that it won't be through Hill. Right. It'll have to be through someone else. And I thought Albert Wilson was going to be too high on Also, He was going to be the yep. popular player secondary plays. I'm like, who else is on this team? Like, who's a third receiver? Who's not Kelsey? Who's, I mean, so it's like, let, give me Demarcus Robinson for 3K. Like everyone that, you know, you're going to have to, on that slate, you had to find like 3K receivers. I'm like, the Tennessee receiver is going to be over-owned. So I'm like, where can I get a cheap touchdown out of nowhere and just hope for the best? Because in order to win, this, these are strategies to win like, like a, a big, a 230,000 entry contest. Like these aren't strategies to win a 300 man contest. Right. So that, that's what I'm saying. I'm looking for those type of opportunities of who do I, I'm taking, I'm taking guys like DeMarcus Ross. I'm taking Josh Hill who also scored a touchdown for the saints. I did very well in NFL (laughs) (laughs) over the weekend. Uh, But, but that's what I mean. It's a four game slate. If it was a 12 game slate. Okay. I, I, I get you. But the same thing you see in soccer where it's a three game slate. It's like how, like if if soccer had a 200,000 entry contest on a three game slate, I could guarantee you I in GPP, I'm not playing Harry Kane. Right. Right. At 70 percent ownership. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like it's I'm, you'd consider playing backups. At that point. On a three game soccer slate with 200,000 entries, right. the perfect lineups going to win. Whatever the perfect lineup is, is that week. So if there's a guy that comes off the bench and score, a backup fullback comes in in the 87th minute and scores a goal, someone's going to button mash and have him at point, you know, 4% ownership. And he's going to be in the winning lineup or something, something close to that. So you got to think in terms like that. And that's what I've been trying to do in other sports. And I, I'm not, I'm not even, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm going to results DB and, and looking at stuff because I don't even think I'm I'm playing ballsy enough. Hmm. That and that's what I I'm trying to teach myself only because I tend 
to play so much more conservatively. True. In general, looking for floors and and everything, and look at, looking at leverage, but still going with the safer play, uh, and not just like in poker that there's a there's a saying. I, it may come out of a two plus two book or something. I don't know who said it or whatever. Uh, play stronger, go home. Like you can go to the poker room. You can go to the the and play poker. It's like don't sit down and look to to, to pedal the nuts in a game where you have a big edge. Mm-hmm. Like if you think you have an edge, you know, play aggressively, that, not recklessly, but just either you're going to go and you're going to go, I trust my read. I'm raising here or if, or don't play or just go home. Like it, if you think you have an edge, play aggressively and, and try to win the high, the, the biggest ROI you could get rather than, well, I'll play it safe because playing it safe, you're just going to bleed away. Mm-hmm. Either you're going to bleed, bleed away losing or you're going to bleed away so much of your ROI that it's like it's not worth it to play in those games anymore. So that's why, you know, with that Willian fade on the FA Cup slate, which to me isn't all that ballsy on a four-game slate. It's like I went with I went with the read. And I said, I don't care. If, if you told me Willian's going to be 50% owned in cash, didn't care. <laughs> that let other people take him. I'm going to take Chris Brunt. I'm going to do my lineup construction this way. Go Sonny Aguero. And I think, I believe that's the optimal play. I'm, I'm doing it. And then just do it. And then it worked. Hmm. And then just, okay, that I've been playing long enough that I'm confident enough in my abilities that it's better to do that than to go, well, let me make two cash lineups, one with Willie on and one without right. Willie. Cause now, yeah, now see, that's not that. If you think you have an edge, play aggressively. Mm-hmm. And if you lose that, it, the next slate comes tomorrow. I mean, like it, you went with what you thought was good and you profited the proper ROI on you playing aggressively. The same thing that, you know, with the NFL over the weekend, I was like, I'm fading Leonard Fournette. Like, I think he's going to be the high, him and Gurley going to be the highest on running backs. Fournette has the perfect game script. Everyone can see it, that he's just going to run 30 times against the Bills. And I'm like, what am I fading? I'm fading, if he doesn't get in the end zone, he's not making value. So, yeah, great. Give him 30 carries for 55 yards. I could fade that. So let me fade that and let me start taking Demarcus Robinson and let me start taking Josh Hill. Let me take, let me act as if Drew Brees has to pass the ball. Let me start taking Ginn into 40% of my lineups. Because who else is going to score a 100-yard touchdown? <laughs> Thomas will get eight targets and receptions, but Ginn will have three catches for 150 yards. These are the the, the opposite. It's a four-game slate. If it's a, I mean, these, these, this is a small slate with so many entries. And I'm just, I'm going this way. And if Fournette gets three touchdowns on 150 yards, I lose that. Then I lose. That's the only way that I lose. But if Fournette has a garbage game... I have so much leverage in all of my lineups that I have a great shot at winning first off. And if not winning, like getting high entry places with like all of my lineups, like Fournette has a three point game and I have none of them. And I got, you know, 15 point DeMarcus Robinson that no one has like so much leverage is there that, you know, coming in, you know, you may not win, but coming in 52nd and, 64th and 82nd and 117th. Like those are all like six X seven X spots sure. on your entry that you combine that with like 50 entries. 
he come out with like, you know, a nice 500% ROI. And it's all on the basis of someone else doing badly. It's not on the basis of your guys doing well. They have to do well enough, right? But, I mean, that's the whole point of like, you know, you fade Harry Kane. Like, you're, you're, you're fading a 12K Harry Kane because uh, he needs to score two to make value. If he scores one and you have a goal that someone else doesn't have, you're even. Mm-hmm. But if Kane shows up with five points, you're gold. No matter who you have, you could tell me, don't tell me anyone in your lineup. But if you're going to tell me you're going to fade Harry Kane and Harry Kane gets injured in the 20th minute and has three points and he's 65% owned, I could tell you, don't even tell me who's in your lineup. As long as they're starting, you're probably going to do well that week. Yep. And it's not on the basis of who you picked. It's based on who you didn't pick. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the play stronger, go home type of mentality of, like I said, like uh, in playing NBA, I know I'm, I'm using examples of other sports because these are bigger GPPs and you may play multi-entry, but I'm, I'm done got playing field weight on people. It's pointless. Field weight, meaning that you like, like, let's say on, on an eight game slate, you're going to play 30 different players. And one guy you think is going to be like 20% owned. So you're going to play him in like 20% of your lineups. Or you're going to play him in 15% of your lineups or 25%. You're going to be slightly higher, mm-hmm. slightly lower. Slight. You just want What's completely different. <clears throat> right. They're all in or all right. out. Either, if someone's going to be 20% owned, either be 45%, 50% owned on them or higher or fade them. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to be 3% owned. Now, just fade them. Like, why bother being 3% owned on this guy? Mm-hmm. If he does well, the only lineups that you'll have a shot at is going to be those 3% of the lineups. So what was the point of making all the other lineups then? If only 3% of them are even in play, you might have 0% and hope he dies. <laughs> I mean that, that, Or at least a twisted ankle. Right. I mean, there's another, tomorrow's another slate. So if you get it wrong, you get it wrong, right? So you, you, make, you make your best reads and go, I'm going this way. And then whatever happens, happens. But you, you, put, you put yourself in a spot to, I mean, you're playing GPPs to win. To win-win. You're not playing the min-cash. You're playing a win. You see Russell Westbrook's going to be 50% owned. I, I, that's the first thing I look at. I mean, I do some research on, on a slate. I mean, on, on soccer, NBA, football, anything. Golf, golf especially. Who's, gonna, who's projected to be the highest-owned people? Who do I think? I mean, there's some places that give you projections. But, I mean, if you play, if you're experienced, you could tell. Like, okay, this guy's going to be heavily owned. Mm-hmm. Find out a way to fade that guy. If you did that every slate and you're a GPP player, does not in cash. If you just faded the highest owned guy every slate and you were you're halfway decent at DFS, you're probably going to have a, po- a positive ROI. Certainly in soccer. Now you find soccer. No, you, actually, you don't get paid. Enough. You don't get paid. Enough. Well, that's that's true, but it seems like in soccer, <clears throat> guys tend to not score. Not they tend to. Guys don't score. As much or guys, yeah, don't score more often than they score, right? And usually, but the I guys mean, it, that it, you have to fade are the ones who are scoring goals. No, but but typically, see, in soccer, it's it's it's, it's a different situation because I don't want to call it uh, you're fading a guy with goal scoring opportunity. You're fade you're fading twelve points. If you understand what I'm yeah. saying, that like fading Willian is not fading a goal. 
I'm fading 12 points, which had come through eight crosses and, you know, a ton of other ways. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, yes, when you fade Harry Kane, you're primarily fading goals. But when you're fading James Ward-Prowse, if you told me James Ward-Prowse or Chris Brunt is going to be 60% owned, you're not fading. A, you're, you're likely not fading a goal. You're just likely fading 12 points, which is goals worth of points. But likely it's not going to come via a goal. Okay. Right? You're, yeah. You're, you're, if you're going to go, I'm not, I think uh, Berger Munson is going to be 40% owned on this slate. Like, if he scores, great, you're screwed. But I mean, <laughs> not looking at that, no, he's not 40% owned because of goal scoring odds. He's 40% owned because people are going to accumulate and he'll get 12 to 15 points, which may be a goal's worth of points. Mm-hmm. It's easier to fade the goals dependent guys because it's just a matter of do they score a goal or do they not score a goal? Right. Type of situation. Uh, but, but it applies to any, it applies to anything else. I mean, that's why, like, uh, like in, in basketball, to me, I find basketball, it's, it's the easiest sport to fade. I mean, no, golf, okay. Golf is the easiest. <laughs> but NBA is, is almost as easy. If there's an 11K guy, it's, so, it's almost, in GPP, almost, you should almost never play them. Huh. Um, I, 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 it would have to be such a short slate. I, I've, I've looked through, I've, I've gone through results, DB. I've looked at my own because I've played, you get in that opportunity of like, who else is going to score this many points? Right. It's like, who cares? Like, if an 11K guy only scores 55 DK points, like, he's a bust because there are plenty of 7 or 8K guys that could score that many points also. Right. On that slate. Now, if the 11K guy gets 80 points, you're dead. But how often does that, how often does Kane get a hat trick? Like, yes, he's the highest. If Kane scores a goal at 12K, he failed. Right. You could find the goal, goals worth of points elsewhere. If he scores two, you're in bad shape. You're not dead at 12K, but you're you're in bad shape if you don't have him. If he scores three, you're dead. <laughs> right. But, but I mean, for, for GPP value, if you say, if you tell me at 12K, Kane is going to be 40% owned, like, he needs just he scores a hat trick. You still don't want a GPP. So like what you're better off hoping he dies and picking Solomon Rondon. I knew we'd get to Rondon at some point. Right, or something like that Tammy Abraham. What are those people? No, it's not. Rondon is something, fine. Something. But that but that's what I'm that's what I'm seeing. Like in golf, anything could happen in golf. You see some guy in a 156 person field. If there's anyone over 30% owned, you should never, I'm, I'm confident to say you should never play them. Hmm. Just never. Unless it's such an egregious price discrepancy. Right. If Dustin Johnson is 67, they mispriced him at 6,700. Like that type of thing. And he's going to be 90%. You may need to you, at that, be more inclined to eat the very cheap chalk. Versus the expensive chalk, mm-hmm. because the cheap chalk doesn't. If he if that fails at high ownership, not everyone you don't get punished as much. But if a three if a if a three k guy in soccer gets eighteen points, and eighty percent of the field has him, it's like you're dead because yeah. you you'll be able to make value everywhere else. I mean, like like you could do that, but like 
in a sport like golf, where pretty much anyone can miss the cut on any given week out of nowhere, no matter what, in that big of a field, like if you third, I mean, that's how I play golf. It's like, I look and it's like, oh, every, he's best course fit, best everything. He's won the past 17 years at this course or whatever. He's going to be 52%. I'm, I'm, there's no way I play him. Maybe, if you're playing cash contest, sure. But you gain so much more. I think I think the the overall concept that I'm trying I'm trying to uh, reinforce is that you gain so much more by fading a chalk dud than by uh, a low by having a low owned guy go off. Mm-hmm. Soccer. If you if you took the, a one percent center back that scores. 18 points, a goal, and a bunch of tackles. He's 1% owned. Uh, and you fade whoever. Whoever the chalk, whatever. Whatever, Willian, without Sask, whatever. And now, if you fade him, and Willian puts up 18 points at 40% ownership, and you don't have him. And you don't have him, yeah. Like, you're, you're 1%, okay, you... You made up the points with your 1% guy, but now you're even with the field. Mm-hmm. So you're 1% owned. Well, I got him at 1% ownership. Who cares? <laughs> Everyone else got fully on points, and unless you could beat him anyway, now it just comes. Now you, you've you now neutralized Willian. Now it comes to the rest of your lineup. So what was the p- purpose of that 1% owned play? Zero, nothing. Now, if Willian gets three points, you don't even need the 1% owned guy. As long as you have enough everywhere else, like the entire field, just just you lapped everyone. You take a guy in golf that's going to be 50% down and he misses the cut. It doesn't matter. As long as you have six guys through the cut, you've now beaten half the players in in, in a humongous field in GPP. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter who you picked. As long as you pick six guys that came through the cut, doesn't matter who they were. You could leave 5K on the table, pick garbage guys, and if they all made the cut and the highest priced on guy, whatever, he misses. You're you're in better you're in much better position than you picking the two percent owned guy that wins the tournament. Because if all the other chalk comes in and you you don't have that right combination with that low owned winner, you still ain't winning. Right. But if you faded the if you faded the chalk. Now you don't need you don't need the perfect lineup anymore because half of the lineups in your contest are now dead. Oh, they're dead, yeah. Right. So now that now, now it, it doesn't become a a sixty eight thousand entry field. It becomes a thirty four thousand entry field, right? And like we talk about the difference between soccer and other sports is that the smaller the field, the less you need to go that contrarian. We see plenty of slates where five goals get scored and the winning lineup only has one of them. Yep. It's a, it's a sub goal and then two center back goals. And it's like, yeah, one guy, there's there's three lineups with that one center back. And there's four lineups with the other center back. But the rest of their lineups are garbage. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. Who cares? And you look at the winning lineup and it's like has one goal in it. Yeah, because it's like it's a it's a it's a thousand person contest. How many possibilities could be in a thousand? And it's you know, 200,000 content, most likely there'll be a ton more permutations of possibly a perfect lineup. So the more that you could reduce that field size, the less the less good you have to do. 
right? You don't have to hit every player. NBA, I've seen winning line, winning lineups in the main in the main GPP with whatever tens of thousands of entries, you know, with with a guy that scores, you know, one spot has a 23 pointer in it. But they have one they 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 managed to play a a, a 1% owned 3800 guy that got 50 points out of nowhere, played in garbage time or something. It's like that made up and then they faded like the chalkiest guy. And the chalkiest guy put up, you know, for 9K, put up 48 points. It's like, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, but not enough to win a GPP at 30% ownership. Right. Right? Hmm. That's interesting. That hell, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing and matching sports or whatever. But this, I think I think that this shows a little bit more of the thought process and when it comes to not contest selection, but what... The differences between big field GPPs, small field GPPs, single entry GP. I mean, like they 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 all differ. I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not taking Demarcus Robinson in a, in a, a hundred man contest. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not like it. Uh, it's. I don't need to go that off the board. I don't need to be the only guy with. I, I'd be the only guy with him. Right. Like, like I, I I'm not getting paid enough. I'm getting paid like what twelve x, fifteen x. It's not worth it. I get paid two hundred thousand dollars, getting it perfect, you know, whatever. Go for. It. I mean, that's 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 the that's what you should be looking at instead of instead of. Well, I need to go low. Oh, I need to go like where where are you getting the leverage? What positions are they at? Right. If the chalkiest player is in a certain position, that decreases the ownership of everyone else at that position. Naturally, it has to happen. It has to right. Right, it, it, it mathematically has to happen. By I mean, golf obviously there's no positions, but in soccer, if you go, oh, this midfielder, I mean, there's a utility position, but whatever. If you say like this forward, forward's a little bit easier. Forward's going to be fifty percent owned, and this other forward is also in a good spot, so they're probably going to be thirty percent owned. I can tell you, the rest of the forwards are going to be very low owned. Right. So you're going to play a GPP. I'm not saying to pick two of them. You don't get paid enough for that. But to go, I'm going to fade one of these two chalk forwards and play any other forward is going to be low enough owned. You don't have to go low, low owned. You don't have to go down to, you know. Right, you don't need the 0.35% in soccer. Right, right. You don't need that. Right, but it applies to other sports. You see, you know, oh, point guard. This point guard is going to be 40% owned. And this other, this this point, but this shooting guard, point guard eligible shooting guard is also going to be 40% owned. It's like, so people are going to play these two guys, which mm-hmm. means anyone else available as a point guard or even a shooting guard, no matter who it is, is going to be lower on than they should be on this slate. Right. So now in basketball with bigger contest sizes, maybe it's worth it to fade both of them. And I'll play both fail at 30 plus percent ownership. And then you have, as long as you get value, out of the lower lower owned guys, which could be a seven percent owned and an eleven percent owned, if you match the other guys and save five k in salary and are able to put it elsewhere, that may win you the slate. Mm-hmm. The failure the failure of someone else wins you the slate, not the brilliance of your own play, which is also another uh, poker kind of yes. corollary, I guess, comparison. Most of the time, you don't win in poker because of the brilliance of your own play. You lose. You win because of the mistakes of other people. 
you seem like the kind of player who would prefer to root against chalk than, at least in GPPs, than to actually hope that your guys do well. What, you think I like sitting in front of the television? Like with a voodoo doll or something? Um, yes. Maybe not a yeah, voodoo but... doll. That that doesn't seem... More just screaming, hoping somebody dies. No, no, no. It, it's against my nature. I'm a chalk player. No, I know, but no, you are in soccer. I meant more in your other sports where... No, but I'm still naturally a chalk guy. I'm, 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 I don't play that. I'm just saying my personality type. Like you would think uh, like as like more of like a quant, I guess. Like my personality type is I'm going to play the optimal lineup that if it was played out a million times has the highest mathematical expectancy. Right. Like like that's why, you know, with the like like college basketball pools. Like I anyone that ever asked me to be in college basketball pool, I literally tell them to fill out a bracket for me. I go, "You ever oh, the your office is run up oh, fine. What's 5 bucks?" I said, "Here's the 5 bucks." What I want you to do is uh, every top seed beat the other the other seed, and then once you get to the final four, whoever's the best records. So basically, the winner is the whoever has the whoever's the number one ranked team in the country and the best record. They're winning the whole thing. Just give me that. It's like we we, we replay this a million times. Like that has the highest expectancy mm-hmm. based on the normal a normal bracket point system. The people that pick the, the the 14th seeds that get five points in the first round versus missing out on 80 points in the final four, like you're never going to make up that amount of points. I'll play Kansas. I'll play Duke. I'll play go. But it's boring. Yeah, I know it's boring, but most likely I'm going to win. Like that. See, that's my personality. And you're like, well, that's boring. That I, I'm not. I'm I'm rooting for the chalk. There that's you are. I'm sure. Okay. But I know Matt. I know from a, a, a aspect of how to win a GPP. Like you got, you got to not necessarily play nuts, but you got to play strategically nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah. Play stronger, go home. I mean, just, I mean, that's what I've been trying. That's what I've been trying to do. I did it in NFL over, over the weekend and it worked out. I've been doing it in NBA for, to mix success here and there. But I mean, but even on the days that, that I, that I won big twice in the past, you know, 30 days, it has been on those types of, plays of I'm going to go overweight on this guy because I think he's in the best spot and he's going to come in at 10% ownership and I'm going to have him in half my lineups. And then he comes in and scores, you know, 55, 60 fantasy points. And I'm looking and I'm like, I'm leaping the field. And then I, I faded, uh, you know, a 28% owned 5k guy that I see why everyone likes, but it's like, so if he has a decent game, he could just give you 25 points. And that's not going to be good enough to win a GPP. He'd right. be fine in cash. But if, if I'm going to get 28% ownership of a guy that's only going to 5X at that cheap, which only gives you 25 raw points, I'll fade that guy. Mm-hmm. I'll, pick, I'll, pick the, I'll pick the 4,800 guy that has a chance of either going getting 10 points or 45. And hopefully today is the 45-point day. Right. Then take the guy that's like, yeah, I could, I could see him get easily getting 25. He'll play his minutes, he'll get his peripherals, perfectly safe for this slate for cash. I don't, I don't see a path of him getting 50 point game. I'll take the, another guy in that range that I could see a path. I could see a path of them having a three point game, sure. But I'm not playing cash, so I don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> the three points. Who can, if he gets three or he gets 17, I'm still losing. 
It's still too little. If he gets 25, I'm still probably losing. So what does it matter to me? I need, I need, I need to get, I need to get six X out of that, that price tag. Unless I'm getting 10 X out of other spots. I mean, but I mean, I'm, that's what I'm looking at. Like, that's why those, those cheap in NBA, those cheap value plays. I, I, a lot of times I hate you're looking like, Oh, he's a 3,200 and he's going to get increased minutes at a whatever. It's like, great. So he's still low usage. So he'll give you 20 points, which is great for 3,200. Great for a cash lineups. But unless I could get, you know, 80 points out of the stud that I could get by playing that guy, who cares if this guy gets 21 points? 21 plus the other 55 isn't going to make up. I'd rather take two 6K players that could possibly both put up 50 points. Makes sense. When did this become an NBA DMs yeah, really? podcast? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We, have, we, have a, we have a Slack channel. for We have a channel for everything now. That's right. Yeah, we opened it up for all of the other sports, which um, is basically filled right now with people who primarily or who came for soccer but happen to play the other sports. So, yeah, we've got um, hockey, football, basketball. We have a baseball one that hasn't really started up yet since baseball hasn't started up yet. Um, a little golf chatter. So, yeah, if uh, anybody wants to join in, it's for all RotoWire subscribers. Just... Um, you can email our customer support group, support at rotowire.com. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at rotowire Andrew. Either way works. Um, like I said, it's for all rotowire subscribers. So uh, if you're not a subscriber, rotowire.com slash subscribe is where you'll go for that. Uh, if you have any follow up questions for Jordan, you can find him on Twitter at Blenderhead. That's Blender HD. And uh, Jordan will be back on Thursday because the Premier League's coming back. Feels yes, like an actual real, an actual weird. real slate with uh, not you know Dutch cup matches and whatever <laughs> and, and whatever these rotate. I, I I I can't I can't follow this. We got Copa like, del well, Rey today and tomorrow. Oh, really? I, I'm I'm not going through these rotations and league two sides and get out of here. I already had to go and do research of Exeter, so I mean like I'm done. I'm done with the going down the rabbit hole of seeing who takes set pieces for the for the dentist side. Uh, Atletico Madrid plays a third division team today, and they can only and bring Atleti- 16 players because you can only have 16 players in a third division uh, match in Spain. And Atleti- Atletico is probably playing there like reserves, practically. Uh, I believe Diego Costa, though. Yeah, but he's kind of a reserve. What? He's back. He's back. He's right, Ryan. He's back. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Um... Yeah, all of that. I'll talk to you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.